a special guest in the building today, my girlfriend, Ayana. How are you doing today? I'm good. And you can call me Yana if that's okay with you. Uh, call you Yana? Yeah, that's cool. Okay, I'm going to go with Yana. So how are you doing today? I am doing good. It's a little cold here, but other than that, pretty good. It's not that cold. What, about 40 degrees? About 30 to 5 degrees. It's mm, cold. But at least it's warm inside the house. Yeah, I'll take it. You'll take it. So do you consider yourself a millennial or Gen Z? Um, I'm in that lovely age range of the 90s, 97 to 99 babies. And I don't consider myself either. I think I'm a little bit mix of both. So like a millennial? No, a zillennial. Zillennial. Yes. That, that's really, that's real? That's what we call it. That's what you call you guys? Yes. So, so when, when does that time period start? Like when does that, when well, does it start and when does it end? According to certain t- sources, um, a millennial ends at 94, which means Gen Z starting at 95, which I feel like is very incorrect. Other places I've seen millennials ending at 98 and Gen Z starting at 2000, which I feel is a little more correct. I think that is more correct because like I have friends who are 95 babies and they definitely tend to trend towards the 94 age range group. 96 years are a little different. I think that's when the line starts for I don't consider it a Gen Z, though. Gen Z is a very different range, I'll I'll say. What's the biggest difference? Um, Just in the the culture of growing up, um, Gen Z grew up with the internet. Um, I'll, I'll say Gen Z had the internet, and they're growing up in that age, whereas millennials grew up without the internet, without iPhones and learning how to grow up with those things like towards like I would say middle school eras that's when I first got my first phone got on MySpace like I didn't have any of that in elementary school I think honestly I think when it comes to it like millennials we definitely tested every single thing out it feels like Mm -hmm. and like the the Gen Zers kind of had the the option of um, well, MySpace didn't work with the millennials. Let's do Facebook or mm-hmm. Facebook's not working. Let's do Twitter or something like that. Yeah. So, okay. So, but you do consider yourself to be, you know, one of those 20 somethings, right? The ones who are kind of in this time period, it's kind of almost like limbo. Uh, well, I am a 20 something. I'm in that lovely age range of right in the middle. So I'm not freshly 20, but I'm not 29. So I'm just smack dab in the middle right now. How do you feel right now? Like, how <laughs> were you prepared? Uh, no, never. Why weren't you prepared? Um, I definitely believe I was in school for, I'm going to say about 14 years, and nothing prepared me to be an adult, but it prepared me to memorize history facts. They, you know, they say that, you know, school and stuff like that is meant for you to be able to, to go into like a factory and do Basically. as you're told, but not to think for yourself. But a lot of that came from, you know, the second world, like World War Two, and they just really needed people to learn and get out. And it's kind of factory learning. So the thing is, we should have evolved from things from World War Two. Um, we unfortunately did not. Hopefully in the next 20 plus years, we evolve and our kids, kids can actually learn something a little bit better than we did in school. So in that time period right now, there is a the the part of the time period where it's like, hey, I don't need college, or and you're in that mix of I was in college when 
when everything started to say, I don't need college. Mm-hmm. Like, did you feel betrayed? Um, yes and no. I definitely don't think college is for everyone. But also, I think college has an amazing experience that you can't get in the workforce. Like, just starting off after high school. Personally, I would have... I'm glad I went to college. Um, I wish I didn't spend as much money in college. Like, as far as tuition, that would have been a little bit better. But, I mean, the experiences are something that I can never get anywhere else. So, I will definitely take those. But I definitely believe college is not for everyone. College is, is, is mainly about the experiences. It, it feels like the experiences and the opportunity to network mm-hmm. with people who will hopefully become like future leaders of, of America or industries or whatnot. But overall, I mean, college to me also was more about the experiences that I'm able to get. But how, in your opinion, how has media portrayed it? Because the way I thought, and this might be way back, but the way I thought middle school would be going into middle school was not the way it was. Mm-hmm. High school definitely wasn't the way yeah. I thought it was going to be. And college was closer to what I thought it would be. But as in being 20 and being in this age range between 20 and, and 29, this is completely wrong. Yeah. Um, I will say for high school and college, now high school musical was definitely wrong. High school is nothing <laughs> like that. Um, college, the only accurate portrayal that I saw was A Different World. Only thing about that show, it's a little dated. So it's not as relevant as, you know, things that we're dealing with in 2022. Um, now, being in your 20s, um, there is more shows about our 20s and less shows about high school, which is wonderful. Um, I think there's shows like, uh, let's say, The Bold Type, uh, Good Trouble, I'll even say Emily in Paris just because she is in her 20s. Um, but shows like that kind of give you a somewhat accurate portrayal of what it's like to be in your 20s in this in this time period where everything is very sensitive. We're very culturally aware, but also a little culturally insensitive, but too sensitive at the same time. You want to be politically correct, but also you have rent and you have bills, student loans, but also you try to figure out love life. So it's kind of a culmination of everything, but there are shows that show that accurate portrayal of what we're going through right now. When, when, when I watch those shows, though, the, the biggest aspect that I think they could do a better job of, of portraying is the cost of living and what it really is like to be 20-something trying to figure it out. Because, mm-hmm. yes, like, there are aspects in those shows that, you know, those characters um, are trying to figure out their life, but when it comes to financially, you're like, man, where are you getting all this money for the, to, to live in L.A. or to live in New York or Paris or whatnot? And it's kind of like giving almost false hope, in, in in my opinion, to the generation that watches those shows. I, I kind of disagree. I feel like these shows now give you a little bit more of an accurate portrayal. I'll definitely say the shows that I watched growing up. So, for for example, Sex in the City, Friends, those were very inaccurate portrayals. Um, because if we're thinking realistically, Monica was a chef. Rachel worked at, uh, I want to say Bloomingdale's, I think I remember. Yeah, she worked for Bloomingdale's. How did they afford that apartment? But, of course, you know, going back and rewatching, the, it was rent-controlled from when her grandmother stayed. But realistically speaking, a chef, not a five-star chef, a chef affording a New York City apartment like that is pretty impossible but i will say for shows like good trouble you do kind of see 
them struggling with rent. You do see them asking for a little more time on rent because they don't have a full-time job. Or you do see, like, with Mariana's character, she ha- she works in tech. I don't know how much the rent is in that building, but I'm guessing it's probably about 2000 a month if you're living in L.A. So, like, you do see the struggles financially that they go through. I definitely think that, you know, there is some fabrication. Like, not everyone gets a tech job. Not everyone gets to be a lawyer. There is just some jobs that you just have to do to make money. And, you know, there's a character who is working for Teach for America to get her master's. That's a pretty accurate portrayal. Like, she doesn't want to be a teacher. She just wants her master's. So that makes sense in my my point of view. Does does Twitter help in those aspects as well? Not Twitter and Instagram. No. Um, Twitter, it depends on who you follow. Instagram, actually, I'm lying. Twitter and Instagram depends on who you follow. But Instagram has become more of a a catalog than just, you know, showing off your feed and showing your friends your photos. It's become a business. Twitter, in a, in a sense, is similar to a business. I will say black Twitter is a business. But Twitter itself, it's still about flaunting what you have. That's mainly what social media is now. And, like, going back in the days of Facebook and, and Snapchat – Snapchat, you were just posting. It wasn't anything like I had to post certain content for my for my niche, my 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 creativeness. It needs to flow with my aesthetic of my page. Like there's there's none of that in Snapchat. Instagram, you have to be a little bit more branded, which I kind of don't like about Instagram anymore. With that being said, it doesn't sound like twenty somethings are enjoying life like they should or. As expected, is more of let me show off. Well, no, not really, because it's for 20-somethings, how can you show off? Well, not show off. How can you enjoy life when you have, you know, crippling debt? You're expected to be a homeowner in your 20s. You expect to get married and have kids. Um, but you're also expected to kind of have everything together with career. And that's kind of hard to do in this time period. So with that being said... What are you currently watching on TV today? Uh, so I just finished Emily in Paris season two. Uh-huh. And how old is she? I, I have no clue. I think she's like 26, 27, I want to say. How is she in Paris? Is she from Paris? No. So basically, Emily got the chance to... Um, her. Mar- she's a marketing person. Her company bought out a false, uh, small French company and she got the chance to go to Paris to be their like marketing exec, that liaison. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in Mar- and, ah, sorry Paris for a year, and that's really the plot of this, the whole show. What are the odds of that actually happening in real life? Um, for certain people, that's not that far fetched. But for other people, it's it's pretty far fetched. So if you if you have somebody that you know that's coming into their twenties, how would you like? help direct them or what type of tips would you give them coming in? Um, the main tip I would say is just to budget because there's really like you can come into your twenties, you can graduate college and immediately get an eight figure job or you can come get out of college and you know work minimum wage for the next five years. It's really like a gamble <laughs> graduating college or you can go back to school, which a lot of people do just because they don't know what else to do. How important is it to be able to find said passions to in order for you to move forward in your 20s? Um, I think 
it's important to find your passions early, but I mean, there's never too, there's never a certain time to find it. I personally just wish like jobs had trial periods, but not for them, but for the employee as well. But each job, you know, you can work here for three months. If you like it, you know, you can continue with us. If you don't like it, you know, we'll write you a great letter of recommendation depending on your performance. Like, I, I wish we had contractual positions for almost every job. So you can kind of see if this is the job for you or not. Instead of, you know, you're looking for this job, you're in it for about six months, and you actually hate it, but you don't really have anything else to go off of now. So I think that would be an interesting idea. I know this country would never do that because that gives us too much freedom. Isn't that like a baby internship, basically? Yes and no, because internships don't give you any benefits. They don't pay you well. I think if you still gave people the same, like, accommodations that you would a full-time employee, you'd have better retention, but also you'd have employees who actually want to stay and work instead of, you know, you're just saying because you have to work, you have people who actually enjoy what they're doing. How many people do you think actually enjoy what they're doing percentage-wise? Coming out uh, of their 20s. About like t- 20 to 30%, in my opinion, based off what I've just seen. So what, what would you want to do for yourself in your 20s? Like, you're, <laughs> you're, you're at the halfway point. Yeah. So, so, like, what would you want to do that will not only give you some type of excitement, allow you to obviously make money, and give you something to look forward to? Honestly, I want to try to... I want to try new things. I I don't want to just get a job and stay at that job for five years because that's what they always ask you. Where do you see yourself in five years? Not here. Like, I've, I've never seen myself at a job longer than a year. But I want to be able to try something. I want to be able to try being a teacher, try being um, an event planner, try being a veterinarian. I don't even like animals. But I want to try it. Like, there are certain things I want to be able to try just to see if I like it. And just kind of sample it because I don't think you're born to do one thing. Now, there's some people that are definitely born to just be doctors and lawyers. There's probably people who are born to do that, but you're not born to do just one thing. So if you have that opportunity to try 10 different jobs in the span of two years, why not? That should be a given. You would think college or even just school in general would put a hyper focus on finding your talents and what you're actually good at. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not really about finding your talents. It's about, okay, you came in here for a major. You need to pay for the school and, and just graduate. Like, it's not really about, let me just dive into what you really like. No, it's about, same thing with high school. Let me tell you all this stuff so you can regurgitate it back to me and graduate. And then we can say that we have a high graduation rate, a high you know, acceptance rate, a high, et cetera, like employment rate, just because we got you out there. So out of all the shows you've watched in your 20-somethings, right, out of those 20-somethings shows, who do you resonate with the most? Like, which show do you resonate with most? I, I would say Good Trouble. That's probably the most realistic show that I've seen in a very long time, and I and I appreciate it. I think almost every character I can I can kind of relate to. Um, now I'm not in tech, I'm not a teacher, but I relate to what they're going through of, you know, you're being in your twenties, you don't really know what you're doing, but you can't figure it out. You can't try different things and figure it out because you still have rent, you still have bills, you still have student loans, you have to eat. Like that's not a luxury that you can afford not to do. You have to eat. 
And so it's it's kind of that annoying feeling of I want to try things, I want to do different things in my life, but I can't because I have responsibilities without really having the responsibilities of like your parents in the twenties, in their twenties. Do you think that parents compared to what we're going through today have a misunderstanding of what we're going through or how we're feeling? I I think so. Um, just because like when our parents were in their twenties, they were getting married, having kids and you know, you have people turning 30, still single, no kids and, and still renting because you know, I, I hate to say it. Our parents kind of messed up the, the housing market. <laughs> they messed up as far as like, as far as working, they had that ideal of, you know, you work at some place till you about, about 30 plus years, then you retire, then you have a 401k, but nobody's trying to work anywhere for 30 years, let alone 10 years. That's a stretch. Nobody wants to give their life to something that they're not passionate about or or have a complete love for basically what you're saying. Exactly. And that's why I think like millennials and Gen Z, I do appreciate this generation just because we understand our worth a little bit more. Not saying our parents didn't, but our parents had children. They had a house that mortgages, they had more things to worry about than what we do. But also, the housing market is not for us right now. It's it's a lot, and it's fine. It's not even correcting itself even now. But really, at the age of 25, who really wants a mortgage and learning about HOA fees and, and water heaters? Um, like, I sell home insurance for a living, and I can't tell you anything about homes. Like, I, I know about water heaters. I know about, like, shingles. But if 20-somethings have to get home insurance, they're kind of lost because they don't really know how to do that. Now, that goes back to, of course, getting some literacy courses and learning about the home before buying it. But I feel like there's so much pressure on doing what our parents did, but we don't really need to have that added pressure anymore. Are the... Do you feel like the 20-somethings are risk-takers? The, the, the late millennials, the Gen Zers, do you think they are risk-takers compared to their parents? Because I'll put it this way. Some parents don't believe that the people who are in Gen Z or the millennials, the kids, know what they're doing or even understand like how life really works. But there's also this, the, that side where kids are like, the reason why they don't know how our life is working or what we want to do is because we're taking chances that our parents would not dare to do. I think it's a hard, that's a hard question to answer just because it's not the same thing as when our parents were kids. I would say I'm going to speak on the Gen Z just because that's, you know, currently the age that we're in. Gen Z grew up with the internet. Gen Z grew up with social media. And explaining social media and how you can literally become an influencer, become famous, make money from an app, explaining that to your parents who were born back in the 60s, that seems archaic. That doesn't seem like that's a thing. That seems just very far-fetched. And telling them, you know, I don't know what I want to do, but right now I want to be an influencer and move to L.A., it's it's very hard for them to understand it, but it's happened. It's not something that no one's ever done before, but it's it's kind of hard because they they want a clear career path of I want to be a lawyer, 
Um, there's like little kits in Walmart. It's influencer kits. It's um, baking kits. And people were mad that there was an influencer kit. But that's currently what's going on right now. Influencers are a thing right now. I don't understand why people are mad that, you know, children would want to be influencers because there are influencers that actually have a platform that they stand on and that's what make them famous. So would you tell some uh, a kid who wants to be an influencer or in their 20-somethings or about to enter that, that, that time frame, would you tell them to take that risk? Yeah, I would tell them to find their brand. Don't just go out blindly and move to L.A. if you don't need to move to L.A. That's, that was the trend for like the past two, three years. Um, it's slowly dying down because they realize how expensive L.A. is. Um, but don't just move out there and do what everyone else is doing. Find your brand. Find you know what you want your, your brand and your content to be and, and work on that. Because there's someone, there's something for everyone out there. Someone out there is going to watch it. Could be only one person, could be a million people. And you never know who, who might be that person who may, let's say, uh, share it to their million followers. And, exactly. And it might blow up. Kim Kardashian is the first big influencer. Am I correct? Uh, no, Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton, well... Stylist beforehand, right? Or yeah, I would say Paris Hilton was the influencer, or socialite, but she was the blueprint, and then you had Kim. Who took it to the next level. Kim had social media on her side, mm-hmm. so yes. So would you consider them to be more like the family influencer, like the the precursor to that? The, yes, the- and, yes and no, um, because the, the difference with the family influencers like I'll say for uh, what's her face, Courtney, for example, she had the right to not have her kids on there. It could, it was really just about the adults in the family. Yes, she saw Kendall and Kylie rarely, but it wasn't about the kids. It was more just about the adults and building their brand. Like there was something worth watching. Like I'm not just watching this random family on YouTube. Like I'm watching something that came from you know an infamous tape. And now you have a reality show. So I'm intrigued on what's going on. How do you feel about parents allowing their kids to be influencers at a young age? I'm, I think it depends on the content of what they're posting. I know there's kids that do um, Twitch, different gaming streams. Like I know kids do that and they make crazy money. Um, it's really just up to the monitoring of the what they post. But I mean, I don't have a problem with kids being influencers to an extent, depending on their content. But if, if yeah, obviously depending on their content, could they get a false sense of reality? I think that's up to the parent because social media is always a false sense of reality. Nothing, literally nothing is real on social media. No matter how real you want to be, nothing is real because you're doctoring something, whether it's the caption, whether it's the photo, whether it's your smile, you're doctoring something for social media. So I don't think that gives kids a false sense because kids still go to school. They still go outside into the world. So not, not really, you know, does that like poison kind of the 20 somethings though? What do you mean? Like how social media has, has changed and how influencers are making a lot of money. You got influencers younger, younger than you making a lot of money. You have old heads who are, or people who are in your generation getting, you know, these, these either tech jobs or, or starting their careers and fields, and you're like, can you be 
you can kind of get lost in the shuffle of what should I do? Should I try to become an influencer or dive into this? Or should I try to get this corporate job and, mm-hmm. and sit at a desk, you know, my entire life? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you balance that? That, cause I, I, I think it will put, bring a mental strain, put a mental strain on you if you are having to figure that out. Yeah. I think social media is very depressing sometimes because you compare yourself to almost everyone. Um, I'm in a hate love relationship with TikTok because you have very normal people like me becoming famous over making breakfast, over making you know their bed in the morning, and they get ten million vi- ten million views, and they're overnight famous. And it's kind of like, what am I doing wrong? But also, it's you know maybe that's not for you. The TikTok algorithm is not for people who look like me ninety seven percent of the time, um, but also. Comparing ourselves to people, what we see on social media, even influencers have said half of this is fake. There are so many apps to change your face, change your makeup. I don't believe anything on Instagram. Unless I see you in person, I don't believe anything that you post because even I've done it. I've posted that I was out in Vegas, but this was weeks when I went to Vegas, but I'm posting this in my living room because I wanted the views. I wanted the content to show, but I wasn't there. I haven't been there in weeks. But it's just showing what you want people to see. Attention has become the currency, but also at the same time um, has allowed people, not allowed, but has stolen joy from people. Comparison. If you let it. I think um, the people who unplug from social media know what they're doing to an extent because if you're sitting on it all day like me, if if you let it, it can kind of get to you. Um, on my end... I think it's changing your feed to the things that you want to see. So I don't see influencers on my Instagram. I don't really see even my friends on my Instagram. I see the things that I'm interested in, which are food, which are shopping. I see that. I don't really see, like, I think I follow Kim Kardashian. That's probably the only celebrity that I follow. But that's really about it as far as what, I guess, other people would see. You know, they say you... When you find the thing that you want to do or you love to do, you tend to put other things away and start moving towards that. So, like, in, back in the day, before, you know, gaming was something big or whatnot, or, you know, kids or whatever, kids or even adults, once they figured out what they like to do, they would stop playing, like, video games and start focusing on the things that they like to do that's not only just making them money but bringing them happiness or a uh, feeling of purpose and even today's, you know, I have friends who who are not on social media like that. Like, they may get on every blue moon or maybe a weekend here or there. But um, most of the times when they're grinding on things that they like to do or believe in or whatnot, they're not on social media just because, like, it brings them no value because they're living the life that they mm-hmm. they either wanted or are pushing for. But also, I think that's kind of the issue. Like, th- not everything has to bring you value. It's entertainment like movies don't have to bring you value it's pure entertainment um but, sh- but you don't go to you don't go to the movies every day but tv for example mm-hmm. i watch family guy every day that gives me absolutely no value it is is strictly pure entertainment just for laughs just to to not think of anything but i think it's whatever you let social media be because like i said with instagram sorry with snapchat and facebook when we first started in, ah, sorry, when we first started social media, 
it was just about posting. It was posting our that you know I got a diet coke the other day. I ate cheese fries. They were really good. Like we were just posting the post. There was no influencer mentality. There was no strategy to it. Exactly. Like looking at Facebook and it shows me, oh, here's what you posted eight years ago, and I was like, I'm bored. Someone text me. Why am I? Why am I posting that? Why don't I just text somebody? But it's it's more of a community back then, but now. With Instagram, TikTok, it's more of a business. It's transactional. There's no, there's no like, there like for me. I have two, two social media, like two uh, Twitters, and one of my Twitters is my is my main Twitter. The other one's more like a sports Twitter. Yes, it is like almost like a business account, but I feel more at home sometimes when I'm tweeting about college sports, just because I like college sports mm-hmm. compared to on my personal where it's like I want to be more inspirational to other, you know, to people that I know. And it it may give off a false sense of what I actually do, which I you know I am I try to inspire people all the time, but um, there is a strategy to it when I post compared to when I'm just talking about sports or just living my normal day to day life. But I think that's the issue because, like you don't, you didn't create a Twitter to be inspirational, did you? No, to be honest, like when I first created Twitter, like. I thought it was another Facebook, so I was like, why would I get on Twitter? It's similar, yeah. but it's it's more of an uncensored Facebook. It's Facebook's older cousin. But Facebook became censored when parents started to get on there. Facebook is is a little older, it's a little dated, but it's your family social media. But <coughs> the thing is, even with you saying, you know, you're tweeting inspirational things, like I, I just feel like people are very doctored on how they tweet on how they post everything people want they want the likes they want the retweets they want the views but it's just just post what you want like just make your instagram yours your twitter yours um i was trying to you know be a content creator and post certain things on my instagram and that was time consuming it wasn't fun it didn't it didn't make me like instagram before i would just take a photo post it oh i got some likes cool and that's kind of what I miss about Instagram because now it's I have to have a certain amount of likes, a certain amount of views because it's showing my analytics and I feel better. Like that's the issue of Instagram sometimes. Um, but they have taken out the likes. They have taken out the comments. But to an extent, what was the point of that? Mm. I, I, w- I want to switch gears a little bit here okay? Um, and, and dive back into, you know, the, the, the overall encompassing topic of, you know, 20-somethings, right, in media, but it's really like 20-somethings in, in society, how we are expected or those type of uh, expectations that are put on us. Mm-hmm. Have you ever changed uh, your mind on a career path based off of what goes on in the media or what your parents might have asked you or told you you should do or suggested? How about that? Not really. I think I've always known what I wanted to do, uh, mainly because of TV, which that kind of goes hand in hand to what a lot of you know people want to do. Um, Sex in the City was a show that I watched every now and then, but the only character that I loved was Samantha, and she was in PR and marketing. And then I watched New Girl, also in marketing, bold type marketing. So all of that encompasses PR and marketing. And, of course, I didn't see the, the behind the scenes of how they worked and exactly what they did. I saw the parties that they went to. I saw the the networking events. The lifestyle. Yeah. I saw everything that I thought I wanted. 
Um, and my parents were supportive. They they wanted me to have more of a definitive career path. And I don't think there's just one career path for me at this time just because I'm I have no kids. I have I don't even have a pet. I don't really have anything that's holding me down to not do anything. So I think with, you know, finding that goal or something, I think it's just kind of whatever you want it to be to an extent. What are you what are you willing to do to get to that point? You know, what are you willing to to sacrifice or, you know, or even what course are you willing to take to get to where you're trying to get to? I'll say, um, <coughs> excuse me, I'll say two years ago I would have said I'll be willing to do anything. I'll work for free. I'll do this. But two years ago I wasn't living on my own with rent, really. <laughs> so now as someone who pays rent and has student loan debt and is really paying for things now and still trying to, live somewhat of the lifestyle I want, I don't want to settle. I don't want to compromise on my education, on my skills, just so I can get maybe an in, in internship. Um, and I understand there's people, there's different things that you can do, like, to, you know, stay humble. I'm not looking for a senior level position. I'm looking for an entry level position where I can grow within that position, but I'm not going to shortchange myself. Um, I think at this point in 2022, starting salary for anyone at 30000 is a joke because where are you living? How are you eating? <laughs> like, I have not seen anything that's feasible at $30,000. Um, at 18, I thought 30000 was a million and one dollars, and that was the best thing I could ever hear. But at 24, hearing 30000 I feel like that is a joke just based off rent is not even that can, you can't even get an apartment at 30,000. That is uh that is definitely true. And I've 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 experienced that where you know I've made a, a certain amount of money and and realized you know it was over 30,000, it was over 40. And I was like, man, why do I still feel like I'm behind the eight ball? And it's like, yeah, you know, as you get older, you know, your your expenses tend to go up a little higher during that time but you know things a lot of things they don't teach you in school is how to budget a lot of things they don't teach you in school is is you know sometimes is time management sometimes it is picking the right school as well as breaking down what value you bring to a company you're on the on my way podcast with my guest my girl yana thank you so much for having me on this podcast it was a wonderful chat with you. You become more of a of a main series regular. A series regular, yeah. You become more of a series regular. I know you like to speak on um, current pop culture topics that are going on in the twenty somethings realm. Um, this might be a series, actually, the twenty something series. Of course, and I'll bill you for my time. You'll bill me for your time. Yes. Okay. But um yeah we you, you've been listening to the On My Way podcast. I'm your host Parnell and we are out with the 20 somethings. But um tss.